why don't you just remain on your feet? I'd love to introduce a very, very special friend of mine. And um, there, are, there are people that you know and that you kind of get on well with. Uh, and then you have good friends. And uh, this morning, I have a good, one of my best friends here with me this morning. And his name is Pastor Saras. And I, I, think he's, I think he wants to be adopted into the Connell family. <laughs> Saras, it's so good to have you here. Pastor Saras is the uh, is a he's a pastor of a church in Penang, Malaysia, City Harvest Church. Got a great church, full of young people, and uh, he's uh, one of the most funniest preachers, best preachers, and I know that you're going to enjoy him this morning. And uh, I'd love for you to extend a very, very warm welcome to my good friend and my dear brother, all the way from Penang, Pastor Saras Bunny. All right. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Bay City, are you here? I heard the All Blacks won last night. I think that's why Dave invited me to church today. Because if, if, you, if you, the last time I saw the All Blacks play was in, in South Africa, and they lost to the Springboks, right? Yeah, I heard all stories, you know, they messed them up. Yeah, I, okay, we, we won't go there, but all blacks won. And in honor of the all blacks, you have an all black preacher this morning. All right, I want to thank Pastor Mike and Pastor Joy, Pastor Dave and Pastor Kate for inviting me for the second time this year. I know the last time I performed so badly, they said, we'll give you another chance. <laughs> so this year, they, they invited me back again and said, this time you be you. And I, I really was me last night. And they were full of young people. And I, could, I, I speak the young people language, um, but I don't speak the old people language. So are there any old people in the house? If, if you are below 120, you are still young. You know, in my church, we stopped counting at 33. You know why? That's when Jesus went up. At 33, you enter into eternity. And life begins anew. How many of you are more than 33 right now? Don't raise your hands. I'm so glad that I'm here today. I, I'm, I'm thinking of moving in into this part of the city. Uh, because um, when I, I came here, Pastor... Dave told me, Dave told me, hey, Saras, you, you're going to stay in my dad's place. We've we got an apartment next door to him, and there's a house next door, and you can stay there, and you guys can have it. And when he said, you can have it, I'm Indian. I literally take it. <laughs> so you're going to see a lot of me because I'm not moving out. <laughs> I like the bed. So Pastor Mike, I'm your neighbor right now. So when you're away, I'll have the car. You know, I, Dave is Indian. Dave is Indian. You know how I know he's Indian? He got married, he moved out, and he moved back to his parents' house. That's when you know you're an Indian, you know. In, you Indians always go back to their mom. Yeah, and I'm Indian. I'm truly Indian. I've got two boys with me, and they're not mine. You can tell, right? Because the, both of them are ugly. <laughs> uh, Joshua, Joshua, that's the guy, the Indian guy there. He's my cousin. Um, he was one of the guys that started church with me. And uh, he started church, well, when you're 16, 17? 
17, 17, 16 years old. He started church with me. He was my first drummer, and he was, only, he was my only drummer for a very long time. And right now, we found another Indian to play drums. Indians are very good at beats. You, you got to agree with that. Yeah. yeah. You're like not convinced, right? Are there any Indians? You, you don't have enough Indians here, you know. I, I'm, that's why I'm coming over. And then he's my drummer. He works for my church. He's on staff. Um, I'm his boss. Uh, after eight years of working, so I decided to take him on one of my trips, and he came on this trip. Right now he's begging, can I come back again or not? So if he, if he fails today... And then I've got a Chinese boy up there. He's, he's the only guy in my church eats and doesn't grow fat. I really hate him. You know, I grow fat. I just smell food and I grow fat. And this, this guy eats and eats and eats and he doesn't grow fat. Alvin is working for a tour agency and he's, I'm praying that he owns one because I need free flights to travel to New Zealand. All right. And um, I want to thank you for having me here second time. I know it's my audition because at the end of the day, um, I got to do a good service because you're going to collect an offering for me. So there are two ways of doing this. Is number one, I, I preach good and you give me money. Number two is I preach bad and I act bad and I act poor and I beg you for money. <laughs> when Dave said they're going to collect an offering for me, I said I'm going to change my sermon. I'm going to preach about money today. <laughs> money that is given away to Indian men is the best investment that you could ever make in your life. All right, I've, I've, I'm so thankful that I'm here today. You know, I'm wondering this thing, you know, what's this thing for? Like, they gave me yesterday, and I was wondering, well, why, why did they give me? And I realized it's for the bald guy when the... Sweat. Yeah, for the sweat, you know. If you're a bald, you're sexy, you know. <laughs> God made a few perfect people. They're bald, and then the rest of them, he put hair on them. <laughs> so if you're a bald, you're sexy, and you know it. Or if you're halfway there, you're almost sexy and you know it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm just warming up. And they told me, how long do I have, man? I just found out. <laughs> I'm done? Okay, let's all, every head bow, every eye close. Let's give an altar call right now. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, so that's nice. Um, I, I just want to show you my church. Um, I, this payback for Pastor Mike. When he came to my church... I gave him three sessions, and he messed up my church. So this is payback. I'm going to mess up. Can I show my church? Where's my church? Hey, that head is perfect, man. Oh, yeah. That's my wife. Yeah, she misses you guys. She was here last time. Um, yeah, go to the other one. Don't show my wife too much. They get jealous. Yeah, that's my church. It's, it's, it's a... It's a it's a club. A Sunday is supposed to be happening, and uh, that's, what, that's what one of the, I think it's a conference photo, and that's our services every Sunday. And it's like that, something like that, and we have a lot of young people. Um, we decided um, the old people are going to meet Jesus very soon, so no point reaching out to them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just being funny, okay? Yeah, once you cross a certain mark, you enter into eternity. It's like... <laughs> The youth are the ones that I want to reach out to because they're the ones that kind of messed up. The old people, once you get married, you know you're messed up. 
but the youth, I need to help them. Don't get married. Stay single. Because um, there are two ways to grow the church. You either evangelism or get them married and help tell them to have a lot of babies. That's how Dr. Cho grew his church. He had 250,000 people and then his people got married and then they grew 500,000. See, that's the way you grow a church. All young people get married quickly. At the age of 20, get married and have lots of babies. So the next time I come in 20 years' time, this church will be packed and we have like four services. <laughs> Three services will be kids' services. Are you ready right now? Okay. How, how long do I have, man? I got to really know this question because I'm Indian. I don't follow time. Yeah? 10.30? 30? 11.30? <laughs> 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 then your neighbor and say, neighbor. neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. He just laughed. <laughs> okay, I, I brought some CDs with me, like five. I'm, uh, okay, I'm going to tell you I'm both Indian and Chinese, okay? Uh, because I'm Indian in the sense that Indians love discount, but I'm married to a Chinese who never gives a discount. So if you, if you come to the counter and says, how much is this, and they give you a price, don't ask for a discount because the Chinese boy is there, okay? So if you don't be an Indian, there's only one Indian in this room, that's me. Benny, you're not Indian. You're a Lopez, right? Yeah, you're not Indian. Okay, I got like four CDs, then um, one of them is, this one's my... This one is about Beatitudes. It took me a lot of hours to study before I preached one sermon. That shows you how dumb I am. And this is one of my favorite series. It changed my church quite a lot. And then I want to preach this one. And then um, this is uh, Faith, Hope, and Love, the Eternal Tree. <laughs> selling you in Asian ringgits. But we accept New Zealand dollars. And then this is your best life. Um, it's not Joel Osteen's. It's mine. I'm going to turn it into a book, and I'm going to, it's going to be a good book. And then this is my favorite of all my series that I preached last year. Um, it's called Emotional Vampires, How to Deal with People Who Suck the Life Out of You. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we need to get a copy of this. <laughs> yeah, this, this, how many of you have people in your life that suck the life out of you? Yeah, I, I, have, I have a lot. I have like 450 of them in my church. They're called church members. Only pastors understand that one. Are you ready right now? Some of you are serious and a smile. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, smile. Jesus loves you. Now, if your neighbor doesn't smile, say, neighbor, if you don't smile, the devil loves you. Are you ready right now? Let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you come and fill this place with your love, your grace, your favor, and your goodness. But most of all, Father, that you come and speak to every single one of us. Lord, everyone that is far away from you, I pray that you come to speak to them in a way that they will understand how much you love them, how much you care for them, and how much you want to do a great thing in their life. But I also pray for every person that is a believer who knows you in a special way. I pray, Lord, that you will show them the next level of life as they step up and step out of their comfort zone and they move into the place where you want them to be. I pray, that, Lord, that you will come and give them a revelation from heaven that will cause them to rise up that Lord, every person in this room will have a heart, the desire to be, to be like Jesus. That you move them from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from substance to substance until we're in the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. I vow to give you all glory, all honor, and all worship. For we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say, Amen. everybody say. Amen. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. 
The Bible tells us that God has a plan for each and every one of us. It's a good plan. It's a plan to prosper us. Everybody say prosper. See, God's plan is never to harm you, but it's always to move you to the next level of life. But God never promised us a problem-free life. I want to tell you something. In life, there's always going to be problems. Not your neighbor and say, neighbor. Wow. Some of you are not connecting with your neighbor. Slap your neighbor and say, neighbor, wake up. We live in a broken down world. Bad things happen to good people. But how many of you know we don't have to live in the situation? We got to live in God. The Bible says the thief does not come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Everybody say amen. amen. God wants to give you a great life. God wants you to give, give you your best life right now. But I want to tell you that same breath, God is not just going to hand it to you. It's not going to be on a silver platter. God is not just going to give it to you. How many of you know God is not going to sit for your exam in two weeks' time? You got to study. You got to pray. You got to work for it. How many of you know God is not, just because you come to church every Sunday, God is not going to promote you? Twist, tell your boss, slap your boss. That's a Christian. Give him a promotion right now. Give him a ten, tenfold increment right now. How many of you know just because you come to church, God is not going to expand your business, make your money flow into your life? How many of you know money is not going to drop from heaven? Hello? Some of you are like, what? God wants to give you a great future, but you got to work with God. You got to work with God. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Yeah. Hey, we got PowerPoint. Wow. So I can't bluff. <laughs> Romans 4, 17, it says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Tell your neighbor and say, neighbor, pastor is talking about me. So you got to talk to me, people. I got 30 minutes, I got 15 minutes, and I got to preach a sermon that's two hours long. So you got to talk to me. Tell your neighbor and say, neighbor, pastor is talking about you. It says, and it's written, I made you a father of many nations before him who believed, even God who has quickened the dead and calleth those things that wish not as if they were. Listen, the Bible tells us we have the power, the ability to call those things that are not as if they are. That means through the Word of God, the Bible tells us we have the ability to call forth things from the future in into our life. We have the ability to speak to our future, and our future will come to us. We have the ability to speak to our future, and our future come to us. And the thing is this, you and I cannot change our past. I can't change my past. I wish I could. But I have the power of God inside of me to change my future, to call the power of God into my life and change the future once and for all. The Bible tells us there's this guy by the name of Jacob. Everybody say Jacob. The Bible says God gave Jacob a special place in life. He's, he was the descendant of Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. You got to work with me, people. Say Abraham. And the Bible says Abraham was a great man. And the Bible says Abraham called out to his future and his future came to him. And Abraham had another son called, had a son called Isaac. And Isaac called out to his future and his future came to him. And this morning I want to tell you a story from the Bible that six speaks about. How you can speak to your future and your future will come. 
Jesus who will always love you as you are. His name is Jesus. And Jacob's mama said, Jacob, I want you to go to Laban's house and I want you to stay there. I want you to learn from him. Jacob, the next day, packed up some stuff, got on his donkey, and he left for Laban's house. And after much traveling, he arrived at Laban's house. And there was a river that was dividing his acres from the other side. And as Jacob looked across at all that Laban had, he went and said, Wow! Wow! Look at what my uncle has! There were horses. There were sheep. There was most probably side of the river there was a girl and she too was by the river and she was doing something she was washing her hair and Jacob was looking at her and he realized she was beautiful she was magnificent she was the kind of girl that you go yubba dubba <laughs> the kind of girl some of you say pastor you knew that before I married now I married she stayed into something else Jacob realized, wow, she was beautiful. And she said, Jacob said, wow, she's a babe.
walks through the house of Laban, it's as he walks through the courtyard into the hallway. He reaches Laban's office. And I want you to know something about Laban. Laban is a mean man. He's a hard man. He's somebody who doesn't like anybody to get near him or be like him. He's a devil in disguise. Jacob reaches the door and knocks on the door. And inside comes Laban and says, Who is it? What do you want? Jacob on the outside says, It's me, Jacob. Laban says, Who? Who are you? Jacob says, It's me, your nephew, the son of Rebecca and Isaac. You know, your nephew. And Laban says, What do you want, Jacob? Jacob walks into the office and he says, Uncle, I want to work for you. I want to work for you. Laban says, I don't need any help. Go away, Jacob. But Jacob now plays the trump card and he says, Uncle, I want to marry your daughter, Rachel. And Laban, who was at that point standing there, and he's right, so he looks up. <laughs> you know what? You can marry her if you work for me for seven years. Jacob's on the other side. Too. Seven years. Laban says. Yes, seven years. You work for me seven years in the field, taking care of my sheep, my goat, my cow. You may marry my daughter. And I want to see if you're a successful man, if you can make money, if you can do all that. You can marry my daughter. Jacob thinks about it. says, what do you think about that, Jacob? Okay, I'll do that. And they shake hands, and the deal is done. But you got to remember, Laban is the devil. And they shake hands, and Jacob immediately works on the field of Laban. Father says, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, that Jacob will be working in the field and that Rachel will come every single day. Hey baby, do you love me? And Jacob is working in his field, he's working hard, he's sweating every day. His hands are filled with thirstness and calluses. He's sweating, trying to make money, trying to make a living, trying to be successful though, until they can hit his five. And every single day, there Rachel will be, baby, do you love me? 
love me. And Jacob goes, yeah, baby, I love you. I'm doing this for you. I love you. I want to marry you. How many of you know that? Been there, done that? Bought the tickets in the photograph and regret it for the rest of my life. Jacob is working there every single day. Soon, months, thirty years, and some seven years have passed. And Jacob has fulfilled his part. So, the wedding was planned after seven years. And you guys know during the time, it's the bride's parents who do everything. So the wedding took place in the house of Laban. Everything was set. And Jacob was standing at the altar, getting ready to get married. And I want you to know, during those times, you could not see the bride because the bride was covered from head to toe. Nobody can see her. Nobody knows how she looks like underneath wedding star and the music plays the whispers in the morning of lovers sleep the door opens the curtains slide and there she walks down the aisle seven years And she's walking down so cool. I hold on to your body and feel the truth you make. Hey, your voice is warm and tender, love that I could not forsake. And Jacob gets it. I'm your lady.
Rachel, you're her older sister, Leah. You are ugly. I want you to understand. Laban tricked Jacob. Instead of marrying Rachel to Jacob, he played a trick on him. He cheated him. And he made the excuse that, you know what? I cannot marry the younger daughter off while the older sister is not married. So he gave Leah to Jacob. And you want to understand, the Bible says the name Leah means cow. It means cow, C-O-W. That's how she looked like. Turn to your wife and say, wife, you are a babe compared to Leah. Jacob was stuck with Leah. And Jacob gets up and says, I didn't want you, Leah. I wanted Rachel. Unchain my heart. Unchain my heart. I don't love you. Baby. I never love you. I don't want you. I want Rachel. Said, you don't care. Uh, 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 uh. My daddy sent me here. And you're stuck with me. And Jacob goes, No, I'm not. No. No, I'm not. And listen. Yes, you are. You have all this. You gotta understand. It's not like this. It's like this. You have all this. No. No, no, I don't love you. I love, love, love Rachel. And Leah says, I, 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 I don't want to love me. I go wide. And Jacob says, No, 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 no. I don't love you. I hate my heart now. And Laban is in his office as usual. And Jacob first in and says, Uncle, you have cheated me. You have lied to me. Jacob, Laban looks at Jacob and says, Jacob, what do you want? I gave you a bride. Jacob says, you lied to me. I asked for Rachel, but you gave me Leah. Laban says, yes, 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 I did. You gotta understand, Jacob. In our custom, you can't marry the younger sister when the older sister is not married. So you're stuck with Leah. Jacob is angry. He said, You're a liar. You're a cheater. You cheated me. Why? Laban says, Guess what, Jacob? I'll give Rachel to you also. But you got to work another seven years for me. Another seven years? And you can have Rachel. Jacob says, no! I will never work for you. I will never trust you. I will never believe you. I'm out of here. And Jacob walks out of the office. And just then, that's Rachel standing there at the door. 
Laban, six years he worked for himself, and in that 20 year period, Laban cheated Jacob, decreased his salary 10 times. Laban was an evil man. The Bible tells us when everybody's asleep, Laban will go into Jacob's farm where Jacob's sheep were, where Jacob's cows were, where Jacob's goats were, and he will steal Jacob's cows and goats and camels and he will bring them and put them in his camel, in his herd. When Jacob finds out what has happened, he goes and confronts his uncle. Uncle, you have lied to me. You have stolen my sheep, my goat, my cows. Now I want you to understand. Jacob's cows and goats it was the currency of the day. That's how he could buy food for his family. That's how he could grow rich. That's how he could do a lot of things in life. And Laban would go in the middle of the line. The Bible said he did it so many times. He would steal Jacob's cows and sheep and he would put it in his sheep. When Jacob comes and confronts Laban, Uncle, you have stolen my sheep, my cow. Jacob, Laban was his. All right, nephew. Show me which is your sheep, which is your goat, which is your cow. And they will go to Laban's farm. And there in Laban's farm, Jacob will say, You know what? That looks like my sheep. That, that, that looks like my cow. That's my sheep. That's my cow. And Laban will always say, Jacob, that cow is brown just like my cow. That sheep is white just like my sheep. Jacob, I gave you your sheep. Jacob, get off my land. Jacob said, Uncle, you cheated me. I worked for you for 20 years, 14 years for the woman I love. For the last six years, I worked for myself. You decreased my salary 10 times. You're a liar and a cheater. Babanga said, Jacob, you take care of your sheep. I'll take care of my. You can't tell the difference between your sheep and my sheep. So Jacob, get off my land. Jacob said, enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Everybody say with me, enough is enough. Enough! It's enough. I want to tell you the devil is lying. You're going to don't have to put up with him anymore. He has lied to you. He has cheated you. He has taken away every promise that God wants to give to you. Today we are telling the devil, enough is enough. Something's about to change. Maybe the devil told you that, you know what, your life is not worth living. You should commit suicide and die. Maybe the devil told you, you can never be loved. Maybe the devil told you, you are not somebody in life, but you are a loser in life. Maybe the devil told you, you have a sickness. You deserve it. Let me tell you today, tell the devil, enough is enough. Enough! Enough is enough. Let me tell you something. If you're seated here today, the power of God that flows inside of you, the promise of God, the word of that is found in the word of God. Let me tell you, when the two come together and you speak to your future, the promises of God, in the power of God, something begins to happen. Your future. Your future begins to change. Enough is enough. The Bible says went down and God himself 
Jacob doing something. Jacob! What you doing, Jacob? Jacob! What you doing, Jacob? Jacob says, I'm making sports. What? Why are you making sports, Jacob? Because I'm about to speak to my future. What are you going to say, Jacob? Jacob! Jacob took the branch and he put it nearing the watering holes where his cows and his sheep will come and drink water. He said, Cow, sheep, look at this. Every time you drink water, I want you to look at this. Because I want to tell you I'm speaking to my people. Your children, when you have babies, cows, when you have babies, sheep, your babies are going to be different from my uncle's babies, cows and sheep. Your babies are going to have sport and they're going to have a ring around their neck. Yes. A ring around their neck. The good sports. The good sports. You're wondering how this is kind of pure stupidity, isn't it? Whoever thought of making sport on a branch will turn cows and sheep into spotted and speckled rings around their neck. But I want to tell you, if you believe in God, that I believe in, He has the power to turn those things into mon- that are mundane into miracles. He has the power to turn those things that are impossible into impossible. He has the power to turn those obstacles in your life and turn them. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. All that you need is a belief. Not in yourself, but in the God that created you and you speak. The Bible says, Jacob planted him by the watering holes. He left them. The Bible says, after a period of time, Jacob's sheep began to have spots and spots on them. They had a ring around their neck. And when Laban tried to steal the sheep, he couldn't because Jacob's sheep were different from his sheep. The Bible tells us because the favor of God was upon Jacob. The favor of God was upon Jacob. Jacob's sheep, cows and goats, outgrew Laban's sheep, cows. And one day Jacob said, you know what? The land is too small for me, uncle. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Laban came and dropped down his you're a more righteous man than me. You spoke to your future. Your future came. You spoke to your future. And your future came. You're angry, Pastor. What has this got to do? What has this got to do with my life? Everyone. You see, every one of us in this room who believes in God, we got to do in our life. We have the power of God. The difference is that you got to speak those.
got to speak to your future, what you want your future to be. See, too many of us have confessed all the wrong things. We have allowed society to tell us we're not good enough. We allowed our family to tell us we're not going to make it. We allowed our friends to tell us we are losers. Many of us have told ourselves, you know what? I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to be successful. I'm never going to be that person that God wants me to be. But let me tell you, before you were born, God formed you in His mind and He said this. I'm about to unleash you into this world. And somewhere along the line, life, the devil, people, circumstances has messed up who we are in God. And we have lost sight. Maybe some of you have been used and abused. Some of you have been cheated, lied upon. People have taken things away from you and done things to you that they should not. But today you got a choice to make. Are you going to speak to your future? And change your future or are you gonna live your present just like your past the choice is yours it's in your hands the decision is yours speak to your future and it will come to you and I promise you your life will never end speak to your future concerning your love life and I promise you the woman that you want to marry, that God has for you will come. Speak to your future concerning your marriage, no matter how bad it is. God can change it around. Speak to your future concerning your business, your career. No matter how bad the economy is, God is greater. There's a Bible. In the Bible, there's a guy named Isaac. He was the grandson. He was the son of Abraham, the father of Jacob. He was a contrarian. That means he invested in time. they're going through, what circumstances they're having, what crisis they may be experiencing. But I know something, that you are a God that loves them, that you're a God that cares for them, and you're a God that wants to do great things in their life. And I pray that today, God, today, for every person, that you will give them the confidence they need to be able to believe in you at a greater level, to believe in you to do a greater work. I believe in you, God, and I want to thank you. I want to bless every single person that believes in the message that I preach, that it will begin to speak to their future. And I pray, Lord, that you will show favor upon them, that you will cause them to rise up to the next level and believe you for a great miracle. Because I know you're a God that just doesn't hear prayers, but you're a God that answers prayers. I want to thank you, and I give you all glory, all honor, and all worship. For I ask this in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody say, Amen.